Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. You are listening to Linux in the Hampshire. LHS is a podcast about Linux, open source, and amateur radio for everyone. Now here are your hosts, Russ, K5TUX, Cheryl, W5MOO, and Bill, NE4RD. Well, hello everybody and welcome. You have tuned in to episode number 352 of Linux in the Hamshack, the most terrific amateur radio podcast on the internet, past, present, and hopefully future. And tonight, we have our short topics episode. We skipped one last week, which we're going to do next week, and uh, the reason we did that is because we wanted to have this one out before field day, because ARRL field day is coming up this coming weekend, and we wanted to make sure we talked about that before it actually happened. So, without further ado, we should probably dive into some of our short topics, and we actually have a lead topic for tonight, but before we do that, we'll tell you the people who are going to bring these topics to you. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD. I thought he was going to forget us again. I thought so, too. Yeah. <laughs> it was yeah, almost surprised. there. He was like, <laughs> yeah, it was I almost was, like he's like, oh, oh, I should mention that. <laughs> and I wonder if Cheryl's like waving her hands across yeah. the desk. <laughs> no, Don't I was just waiting. <laughs> uh, but I did not forget. I surprised you all. That's okay. <laughs> and uh, just for that, Bill, tell us what our lead topic is. Absolutely. Uh, like we said, uh, AWRL Field Day is coming up, and we have, uh, of course, the AWRL Contest Program Issues Field Day 2020 FAQ. Uh, the AWRL Contest Program has released some frequently asked questions related to the Field Day Temporary Rule Waivers. On May 28th, the AWRL Programs and Services Committee, uh, the PSC, adopted these provisions only for the June 27th through 28th, 2020 event. And that is one, Class D stations. These are the stations that are at home on commercial power. May work all other field day stations, including other Class D stations for points. And if you remember, we talked about it in the past that if you work from home on commercial power, you can work everybody. But like if you talk to another Class D station, you don't get any points for it. But this year, you can due to COVID. So... There you go. So you don't have to worry about setting up your emergency power, charging your batteries, unless you need the extra points for those uh, particular classes. Uh, so, you know, feel free to just, uh, you know, flip a switch and uh, start calling CQ. Uh, the second one is uh, an aggregate club score will be published, which will be the sum of all individual entries that indicate a specific club. Uh, contact the AWRL contest program with any questions related to field day. So yeah, this is a, this is kind of cool. Cause like if you're in a club, like I'm, I'm in a few clubs, <laughs> um, you just, you just put in your, your Cabrilla file when you send it off, which club you're in. And those points will all be compiled for a club score. So let's say your club is not doing a club, you know, field day due to COVID or whatever, depending upon what state you're in and what the current uh, phase of uh, recovery or whatever they want to call it. Uh, you're in. <clears throat> this is an opportunity for you to still operate as an individual with your call sign, but still be able to put in a club score that will include everybody in the club. So this is kind of a 
a fun, unique, uh, a unique thing being added this year due to uh, COVID. So uh, enjoy that, especially if you're in a club that spans larger areas than you're actually allowed to do this with. <laughs> so it should be interesting to see some of the club scores on some of the multi-state clubs and and how that's going to be reflected in uh, in those club scores. So uh, be on the lookout for those results when they come out. But uh, yeah, get on, get on and work the contest, submit a log and have fun. And it's this weekend. Yes, it is. So it's going to be kind of, it's going to be fun, I think. I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be operating at home and uh, at a club site, a semi-private club site. Well, <laughs> so, provided the weather is being set. Yeah, yeah, provided it's not stupid. And, and I'm hoping to actually ride my motorcycle out there. So that should be fun. Sweet. Yeah. So moving on from our lead topic, we have amateur radio topics. And the first one will be, let's see, should I read this one? No, I'm going to let Bill read this one too. <laughs> <laughs> just because i know how this cut and pasting goes and i'm not even going to try and get through this so yeah you're only going to read the ones you cut and paste right okay exactly that's right well yeah. I, at least when i cut and paste them i make them readable so <laughs> so i can tell cheryl to read one that i put in there and she'll be like oh i can read that yeah <laughs> well this uh this one is uh came from amsat uk and it's the cas6 antenna deployed transponder activated that's right. The CAMSAT CAS-6 satellite was launched December 20th, 2019. Alakung, uh, BA-1DU, reports that the VHF and UHF antenna was deployed on Saturday, June 20th, 2020, and the linear transponder activated. Uh, due to some OBC failures, CW Beacon and GMSK telemetry are not working properly. At present, only the carriers are transmitted on those two frequencies. The linear transponder has been put into operation. Uh, we will then try to diagnose and then determine whether the CW and telemetry data stream transmissions can be recovered. So uh, you can check this bird out on the air. Obviously, you just uh, have carriers on the CW uh, beacon, which is at 145.91. Uh, the, the telemetry beacon would be at 145.89. Yeah, it looks like the downlink uh, for this one is on two meters. So you're going to listen on two on 145.925. And it's uh, you're gonna transmit on seventy centimeters, four thirty five dot two eight oh. So yeah, it looks like a, another bird there for the uh, transponder users. All right, very good. And I guess we'll make you do one more. Oh, it, fine. We're, we're like super AMSAT heavy yeah, today. This, I, I, most of the stuff came out of AMSAT. I don't know why. I'm just I'm so sorry. <laughs> but I guess at least we're this all is the regular have, AMSAT site. Right. We're just going to all have to become members of AMSAT and do satellite work from now on and to hell with the rest of the hobby. <laughs> yeah, that's what I think. If I talk about it more, then I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it hasn't worked yeah. so far. No, no, no. So, yeah, it's been at least 20 years since I've been on a bird. <laughs> anyway, so AMSAT <laughs> announces candidates for the 2020 board of directors election the nomination period for this year's amsat board of directors election ended june 15th the following candidates have been found to have their membership in good standing and their nomination credentials are in order so the uh, the nominees are howard uh Defilice, i don't know ab2s <laughs> uh yeah chef cheryl do these names <laughs> she does a way better job than oh I do. yeah i i, I bet her great <laughs> why don't we see all the different ways we can pronounce that name like uh de felice de felice 
Defilice. <laughs> Defilice, great. Defilice. Defilice. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Howard. We really don't mean that. Uh, anyway, so uh, the other ones are Mark Hammond, N8MH, uh, Mike Hotel, uh, Jeff Johns, WE4 Bravo, uh, Robert McGuire, N4HY. Hi! Oh, no. Kiss, kiss. Uh, Bruce Page, KK5DO. Uh, Paul Stotzker, Stotzer, 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 Stotzer. I don't know. You pick. Uh, November eight, uh, Hotel Mike. Uh, so this year, AMSAT will be electing the uh, three voting members of the board uh, of the board of directors. These will go to the three candidates receiving the highest number of votes. <clears throat> I'm assuming there's no runoff election after this. So in addition, there will be two alternates chosen based on the next highest number of votes received. And this, of course, came from the AMSAT Bulletin. Woohoo! I guess there's no electoral college, so that they can't just throw out the popular vote and pick who they yeah. want. Yeah, yeah, just pick whoever they want. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't, doesn't even matter. <laughs> All right, roll some dice. There you go. Yeah, there's what six of them. That's a D six. Just roll it hey, three times. There you no, go. There's no females in this list. I was just noticing that. That's there, just, that's true. There is not. That's horrible. Horrible. Talk about diversity. Come on, people. Get it together. <laughs> do some write-in candidates. Let's start a write-in candidate thing for AMSAT here. We got to do they, do they even is... have that as an option? Can you write in a candidate? Well, I don't know. Let's just do it anyway. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll go with uh, Daffy Duck. How about that? Yeah, Daffy Duck. Right. Mickey Mouse. No. <laughs> oh, oh we, need, we need, yeah, Minnie Mouse. I was going to say Mouse. we need a woman. Yeah, so. there you go. Or Daisy. Daisy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Daisy. Daisy. Duck. Yeah. Excellent. All right, so moving on, we have another story in Amateur Radio, which is accessing trunk radio systems with RTL-SDR and trunk recorder. Trunk radio systems for voice communications can be easily found when browsing the spectrum with an SDR. Listening to a voice communication is easy, but actually following a conversation along is almost impossible to do manually uh, on a trunk system, of course. This is because in a trunking system, the frequency in use in a conversation can often change. The frequency of the voice is dictated by a control channel that all radios listen to. This allows multiple talk groups, police, EMS, business, etc., to share one chunk of the spectrum without having to allocate fixed channels for each user. Over on his blog, Andrew Nohawk has uploaded an excellent guide that explains trunk radio, how it works, how to use radio reference to look up trunk radio frequencies in your area, and how to use an RTL-SDR to listen in. He then shows how to use a program called Trunk Recorder, which will automatically record and upload trunk radio conversations to a site like Open Megahertz, OpenMHZ.com, for sharing. So this kind of sounds interesting. It was really confusing me, though, because his name is Andrew Nohawk, but his website is Andrew Mohawk. <laughs> have, you, have you noticed that? And like his, it might um, be off, right? <laughs> no, his Twitter handle is also Andrew Mohawk. But when you go to the site, it says it's there. His name is Andrew Nohawk, and I assume he knows how to spell his own name. So that's uh, funny. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think he's so. his own fishing site. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah, uh, so, I, I read through the article myself uh, on his blog, and I was like, "Well, there's a lot of content here," and I I don't know if it was. Uh, I think it was maybe too much <laughs> for the short topic show, but it might be interesting to kind of look at that. Uh, a little bit later, maybe in one of the deep dives, if people are interested, we can kind of take a look at that whole uh, whole setup. It does sound kind of interesting. I, I haven't done a lot of, you know, attempted to use or to listen to a lot of the trunk systems around here. And there are several. Um, one of the the bigger areas around here, their uh, police service has gone to trunk systems. So it's kind of hard to monitor. Although some of the other systems are on like Broadcastify. So 
you can still hear things, just not everything. Cool. So anyway, links to the project and RTLSDR and the blog will be in the show notes. So you can check out all that information and get more information if you are so inclined. And moving on from amateur radio topics tonight, we have some open source topics. And the first one we have is 400 organizations pledged to save the Open Technology Fund. Notable signatories include organizations like Wikimedia Foundation, Electronic Frontier Foundation, the Tor Project, Red Hat, GNOME, DigitalOcean, Tunnel Bear, and the Open Source Initiative, Access Now, Human Rights Watch, and the Organized Crime and Corruption Reporting Project. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> OCCRP. <laughs> oh, crap. <laughs> Uh, since 2012, the OTF has received U.S. government funding from the U.S. Agency for Global Media, the USAGM, and has provided grants to open source projects that build tools to preserve democracy and free speech around the globe. However, last week, the U.S. government replaced the USAGM head and fired several high-ranking officials from nonprofits sponsored by the USAGM in what sources have described as the Wednesday Night Massacre. The new USAGM leadership plans to redirect funding meant for the OTF's open source projects to a series of new closed source privacy tools seeking to dismantle OTF and reallocate all of its U.S. government funding to support a narrow set of closed source anti-censorship tools without a transparent and open review process. Two individuals involved in projects sponsored by the OTF in the past said they fear the current administration may be trying to replace proven open source privacy technologies with closed source alternatives in which encryption backdoors can be hidden much more easily. So, scary Orwellian stuff. Ooh. I like, I like how those, like, big firings get, like, names like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I was at a company where they uh, fired a bunch of people over uh, Easter, so we call it the Easter Massacre. <laughs> nice. nice. <laughs> there like, were dead rabbits go everywhere. The, yeah, way to go for the company picking a holiday weekend to actually start torching people. <laughs> Big business knows no, you know, discretion. They just yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. They have no conscience on their calendar. <laughs> that's right. And that story came from ZDNet. So moving on. Oh, uh, let's see. I guess I can do one more. Uh, this one is LibreOffice 7.0 Beta 2 is released. Uh, they're aiming for release in early August, but for that release to be a success, they need help in testing. LibreOffice 7.0 beta came at the start of June, while out now is the second beta for those wanting to help test this cross-platform open-source Office suite after many fixes landed in recent weeks. Most exciting with LibreOffice 7.0 is replacing its Cairo drawing code with Skia. In the process, thanks to Skia, the Vulkan API is supported for rendering the user interface with great speed. The Skia code is still settling down, but appears to be in good shape overall for LibreOffice 7.0. It also has other performance optimizations, continued work on high DPI, particularly with the Qt5 code, removal of Adobe Flash support. Yay. (laughs) Every time I fire up Chrome, it's like, (sighs) it's... The countdown's on for that, too. Aren't we down to, like, the last uh, last 70 days Super soon, Yeah. yeah. Uh, removal of Adobe Flash support, various import and export filter improvements, and more. Download links and more details on the second beta can be found via the Document Foundation QA blog. That story blog. came from Foronics. And we have an additional link to the Document Document Foundation's website, which is the, the organization that creates LibreOffice. So you can get all the details and help beta test the new version. Sweet. All right. And Cheryl, now you can read a story. <laughs> uh, I have to get back into my computer. What would you do? Close it down? No, it logs me off. 
It does? Yeah, it does. Well, you need to fix that. Uh, Whatever. (laughs) All right. Do you know where we're at? Yeah, we're on the Google thing. Yeah, we're on the Google thing. All right. So there we go. So we have one more open source topic to tackle for tonight, or at least one more open source topic that does not involve amateur radio. And we'll let Cheryl take this one down. All righty then. So the next story is Google intern uh, internships, excuse me, go virtual with the help of open source. This is the first year our summer internship program is virtual, but that, but what that means to be an intern at Google hasn't changed. Interns won't have the benefit of working next to experienced Googlers in a traditional office environment. Wait a minute. I'm an experienced Googler. Are you? <laughs> I can Google. Yeah, I can Google. I can Google. Maybe too. that's not what they mean. I don't think that's what they okay. mean. Okay. <laughs> Anyway, you can't work in a traditional office environment with them, uh, which in turn impacts the kinds of projects they can work on. Rather than cancel or postpone the program, we did what we've done many times before at Google, came up with a plan B. This year, many technical internships, excuse me. Internships, are they very (laughs) beautiful? What kind of plan B is this? Oh, my God. Is this like the pill? Oh, my God. What is going on at Google? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So, anyway, they will focus on... Google knows everything. Let's probably not rib them too much. Probably, yeah. (laughs) We might find ourselves internmented. Yeah. Can you see me? Can you see what I'm thinking right now? <laughs> Can I see what you're thinking? Okay. Oh, that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That wasn't so, a thought. That was that, a gesture. Well, <laughs> she's gesticulating a, to it, you. It, it was a thought before it was a gesture, but. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> anyway, so, um, they're going to focus on open source projects. Google has been a long, has, has long been a big contributor to open source projects like Android and Chromium, and they're now widely adopted around the world. In addition to contributing to Google creative projects like TensorFlow, Kubernetes, Istio, Chromium, Apache Beam, and OSS Fuzz, the interns will tackle projects to support COVID-19 response efforts, including integrating COVID-19 data into the data commons and contributing to the COVID severity project. Resources invested to support these interns and the contributions they make demonstrates the strength of our commitment to the open source community. Today, we have more than 1,000 technical interns actively contributing to open source projects. And this information came from the Google blog. And the uh, first person rendering of that story is because it came from the Google blog. That's why I read that way. So, yeah. And I know that on my phone, which I I use an Android phone, I know that I have the uh, Google COVID tracker thing on my phone this now. google spyware yeah, yeah the google spyware yeah <laughs> and i think you probably have the apple version so oh maybe i don't know they they started to push up I, I still can't get rid of the damn u2 album Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's funny <laughs> <laughs> it's there forever it's like it's like they pushed it out for free and now it's like the one album no one wants because it's like everybody got it whether they wanted it or not. So yeah, and it's not great. No, it's all right. I think there's a few it's good songs. All on right, there, but, but it's not great. Yeah, so. I just don't want it cluttering up my my iTunes. <laughs> so, <laughs> anyway, let's move on to Linux in the Ham Shack, 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 <laughs> and let Bill pick it up again with. A nice Reddit story. <laughs> of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sort of started out as something else. I got notified by, I don't know, Twitter or something like that. And then I kind of fell, fell into 
finding this uh this post and what we're talking about is ham pie formerly known as w3 djs raspberry pi for ham radio and if you go to this post on reddit it says sorry this post was deleted by the person who originally posted it so you know it's going to be a good one because you're gonna have all these good comments <laughs> underneath <laughs> of it uh but let's say uh let's say what ham pie is ham pie is a raspberry pi os by uh, w3 djs that released uh version 1.0 over the weekend there has been some back and forth on uh, the licensing uh, due to the inclusion of Boink. As you're familiar with Boink, aren't you? Um, in a non-technical sense. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> in a wow. biblical sense. <laughs> Boink is an open source software platform for computing using volunteered resources. Okay, so you're you're with me, kind of. Okay. Yep. A la SETI at home old days, you know, type stuff. Stuff. Right. Anyway. So yeah. So. Um, Anyway, so that was in there, and uh, there's been some other claims and stuff like that on just the build-out. I don't know how well it works. It looks pretty well put together. There's actually a couple videos that uh, that were done. Uh, Ham Radio 2.0 did a video and uh, showed installing it and stuff like that. Looks uh, looks pretty good. Dave Kassler also did a video. I didn't watch his Um because I didn't want to, um, but uh, like some of the comments that are still existing on the the Reddit thread, if you wish to go in there and check it out, um, I think uh, W3DJS said, uh, "Who said my project was open source? I have copyright notices in every Ansible file. File, uh, and when you have to spend six months building something from nothing, then you have someone advocate someone advocate stealing from you, building the Ansible playbook, stripping out some of the components. I think you'll feel differently." And then a responder comes back. You appear to be using open source projects. <laughs> not totally kosher to take someone else's open source projects, roll them into something, and then also not also give it away under the same licensing. In fact, I think most open source licenses say you can't do that. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> true. If they're copyleft, yes. There, there are some, uh, yeah, redistribution and, uh, you know, fair use uh, rules. Anyway, so, and he also says, uh, pretty rich to be stealing others' projects and, uh, demanding something in return i'm pretty sure the developers of every software package you're using would feel the same way so there's been a lot of heat about this and uh i'm not i didn't really go in and research it any more than that just because i thought it was kind of humorous and uh, <laughs> I, w- I was even kind of talking this morning that it's like oh you know maybe we should even mention this on the show because <laughs> uh you know i you know it looks like really cool work and uh you know it and we've talked about Ansible in the past, and I thought, oh, this is a good resource to kind of look how building your own playbooks and stuff like that, you know, might be a good example to kind of take a look at and uh, be of some interest to some people that uh, that are interested in that stuff. But anyway, uh, I'm sure things will get worked out with this, and uh, maybe there'll be a 1.1 <laughs> that makes uh, the, the people that are upset uh, not upset, and uh, hopefully complying with all of the uh, open source licensing. That's uh, involved with uh, packaging, you know, open source software. <laughs> yeah, hopefully <laughs> if they, they wind up doing this, ultimately they just do it correctly. That's all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I can't say anything bad about that. I mean, you know, the the bringing software out and making it available to people and showing them a place that gets them kind of started. You know, it's kind of like what we do with, uh, you know, the spins of the LHS build. Um, and, you know, of course, we, we tell you there's you can do it yourself it's easy <laughs> here's the three commands or actually about four four commands that you need to, to get started so um so yeah yeah this is good because uh you know if you look at some of the uh the builds and stuff too he's building most of the stuff from source or git uh repos so you're getting the latest versions which is kind of critical 
and we all know this because versions change a lot, and we're going to talk about that in just a second. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah. So, but when you have something like this that's that's built like that, um, that's not using like dev packages or something like that, or a maintained package list, um, you will have to go in and rebuild stuff, or maybe I, I don't know. It didn't look like there's a package manager that manages versioning of this stuff, so I'm not sure how it deals with that. And, uh, so I, I didn't download it to, uh, install it cause I wasn't at the home office, uh, today to kind of mess around with it. And today's the, the day I learned about it. So, um, but there you go. So, uh, we have the links to the Reddit thread that, uh, was there and also the GitHub, uh, uh, repo, which I think went offline for a little bit and they came back. So I don't know what the status of that is either. So, but anyway, I, I know that, uh, W3DJS is actually in the chat room. <laughs> <laughs> as well so he must be a listener and uh and don't you know i don't mean you know any harm or anything else like that but you know obviously there's some things that he needs to address and uh yeah I, one thing i recommend is never argue on the internet it, you always lose <laughs> yeah exactly no winners it's, it's not worth it <laughs> <laughs> all right very good so yeah. moving on well you know we'll probably touch that topic more in the future as it develops because uh, surely well it, it's either going to develop or it won't <laughs> so if it develops we'll talk about it some more so moving on we have uh wsjtx 2.2.2 general availability release and this comes like hot on the heels of uh, a broken release <laughs> uh joe taylor announced on the wsjtx develop mailing list that wsjtx 2.2.2 is a bug fix release mainly to incorporate the new rac section pe prince edward island into the ft8 ft4 msk144 contest mode messages for a field day it's a good time to fix that right field before day. field day yeah <laughs> Several minor fixes and additions are described at the top of the release notes. FT8 decoder speeded up in normal and fast modes. This gives a speed of decoding closer to that of 212 without com compromising the number of decodes. It is particularly targeted for slower single board computer users, such as the Raspberry Pi Model 3 or similar. Thanks to our user interface language translation contributors for many improvements to the translation strings. And the DX grid field is now clearly autom or cleared automatically when the DX field is changed. Care should be taken to complete entry of a call sign before entering a grid square. And you can download this. Well, um, you'll want to download it for field day, but I have a feeling, <laughs> based <laughs> upon more uh, notes in the uh, developer uh, channel, that uh, we'll be seeing a 2.2.3 pretty soon apparently they uh they did break one feature if you're using whisper in the band hopping mode apparently that is truly broken so uh yeah um you're an affected user if you use that feature so that's going to go back in and get get fixed as well so expect another ga release out here <laughs> um i don't know if they do one right before field day considering this has fixes for field day and you know People take time to get stuff plugged in and working anyway. So maybe, uh, maybe by, by after field day, they'll, they'll put out a GA release. Hopefully they'll wait till after field day. Cause you know, we don't need whisper band hopping for field day. Right. So, okay. Uh, why don't they just, you know, the next version will be 2.2.2.2 and then they can put out 2.2.2.2.2. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then why don't you fix the freaking dev build? <laughs> <laughs> well hey there's there's always that yeah yeah that'll be i just compiled it from source again on my machine to take a look at it so that's so exciting <laughs> oh yeah so much fun 
Uh, all right. So moving on, we have one more topic for this evening, and we'll let uh, Bill handle this because uh, it's the uh, AMSAT again. Yeah, it's another AMSAT. <laughs> it was uh, it was a two for a three for I don't know whatever you want to call it. So we we found a lot of good stuff here. Uh, this is another Raspberry Pi thing. So I was trying to keep our theme together here, since uh, actually all these topics kind of talk about Raspberry Pi, including the improved uh, decoder performance on Raspberry Pi, which I know some people had mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> on their Raspberry Pis with the latest build. So hopefully that fixes it for them. But anyway, this is a Raspberry Pi FunCube satellite ter- telemetry decoder is now available. Uh, the FunCube team has announced the availability of the Fun- FunCube CubeSat satellite telemetry decoder software for the popular Raspberry Pi computer board. The original FunCode telemetry decoder and dashboard was designed to run on Windows devices. Boo. <laughs> and the FunCube team did uh, t- did publish the telemetry format in accordance with the amateur satellite service traditions and requirements. The team had planned to open source a telemetry decoder and provide an implementation on Linux, but several new missions after the original FunCube 1 delayed their plan somewhat. Late 2019, the team had the opportunity to develop a low-power, low-impact ground station based on Docker containers for use at the Neumeyer uh, 3 Antarctic base at D- uh, Delta Papa Zero Gulf Victor November. This led us to evolve the code such that it would run on a Raspberry Pi. The Linux implementation is suitable for use on the Raspberry Pi versions from 2B plus to 4 and with a fun cube dongle Pro or Pro Plus. <clears throat> the software will tune the dongle to search for and track all three FunCube compatible spacecraft uh, craft <laughs> crap. Yeah. <laughs> spacecraft. Yep. Uh, uh, currently operational. The telemetry decoder is configured with five active decoders operating concurrently, so it can deal with situations where more than one of the spacecraft are overhead at the same time. And I thought this was really kind of cool. So yeah. So there you go. Another AMSAT uh, story for you. And more hardware to buy and more things to try and all, all that. Yeah, good you stuff. do have to get the FunCube uh, dongle pro, but, uh, you know, this is a very specific, specific thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, nonetheless, it's, it's another Raspberry Pi toy. Yes. Well, there are lots of those. <laughs> all right. So that brings us down to the end of the stories we have for tonight. I'm looking at the chat room and there's much talk in there about Raspberry Pi threes and, other things and people playing with uh, touch screens on Raspberry Pis and lots of pie stuff. And that's ham pie right there. Yes, yeah, so I just installed it. it. Yeah. Look yeah. At that. It's, it's, uh, it looks like an OS. <laughs> <laughs> wow. All right. So with that, we should probably bring Cheryl back in so she can do her usual thing where we wrap up the show with the social media roundup. No are, wrapping are, paper? No wrapping paper. We're wrapping it up. Oh, never mind. That's a wrap. Yeah, sorry, Neil. (laughs) We can't take his shtick now. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Just because he was born with that name, you know, he's like commandeered it. All right. Social media roundup. All right. So for this time, we are Patreons. We have Richard Gordon, Andy Webster, Cubicle Nate, Darren King, David Jaquay, Donald Gover, Douglas Redder, Erno Castales, Herb Garcia, John Spriggs, Peter Caffrey, Paul Griffith, Randolph Smith, Robert Pitts, Samuel Vimes, Steve Metcalf, Steve Sainer, William Heckelman, and Jonas Rulo. Jonas Rulo, 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 Rulo. <laughs> For subscriptions, we have Robert Black, Randolph Smith, Robert Halliday, James Lewis, Fred Cole, Michael Burdak, Alan Wilson, Ronald Ike, Michael Connolly, Steve Biella, Jim McKenzie, Dylan Engel, Johnny Kinsey, Robert Yerke, Bill Piotr, Darren King, Thor Wiegman, Todd Bowers, Kevin Ivey, 
John Clark, Bill Collins, Jeff Zimmerman, Tony Coberly, Roger Pereira, Jeffrey Boris, Michael Carey, Steve Hepler, Michael Jopling. <sighs> okay. That's a lot of subscriptions. That is a lot of subscriptions. Yeah. You don't have to read them in one breath. It's okay. Well, I try not to. But, you know. <laughs> For Facebook, Larry Carter joined, or Larry Carter Jr. joined us. Excuse me. On Twitter, we had at Dave Mollert. On YouTube, we had Norm Church, and nobody joined the mailing list, and there were no merchandise sales. You can tell it's summertime and everybody's out doing stuff because they're not becoming subscribers. But hopefully people are still listening. You know, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are, too. When you're outside cooking you know, your ribs on your barbecue or physically distancing with all your friends and neighbors in the backyard with lots of alcohol, you know, <laughs> make, make sure to be playing... Linux in the ham shack in the background. Yeah, there you go. Physically drinking? Oh, wait. Oh, oh wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd rather be doing it physically than virtually. That's for sure. So, Absolutely. All right. Well, with that being done, we have come down to the very bottom of the show, but we don't want to leave the folks who are with us in the chat tonight out. And I see there's one more person I've got to add here. So let me add. And we will mention the folks that were with us tonight chatting up in the chat room. And you can do that, too, every time we record live. And we'd like to hear from you when we're doing the live show. We interact, as you can tell. And if you have something even slightly interesting to say, we'll probably mention it. So tonight we had Tony, K4XSS, Polly, K... Polly. Polly, sure. Polly come from? Encino Man, K-E-5-W-M-A, Ted, W-A-0-E-I-R, Tom, and for, should I do it? Or, no, you already wasted it. You wasted it on some other. Bill, Bill did that, not yeah, me. I, no, I, I mean, oh. I can't look at Bill. He's not here. Okay. So. <laughs> look at me. You wasted it. Yeah. yeah. No, I said he wasted it. Oh, sorry. Boy, you're having a hearing problem tonight. <laughs> anyway. Tom, N4HAI, Don, KC9ZMI, Jim, VE5EV, and Darren, VK6EK. So thanks, everybody, for tuning into the show live tonight. And we hope for everybody who listens after the fact that uh, you enjoy the program. And we'll tune in for the next one. And we hope everybody enjoys Field Day, which is coming up this very weekend. So participate. New rules, check it out. More ways to get involved. And you can even help a club by operating from your home. So it's very cool. So that takes us to the end of episode number 352 of Linux in the Hamshack. We'll catch you all next time. I'm Russ, K5TUX. I'm Cheryl, W5MOO. And I'm Bill, NE4RD73. for listening to this episode of Linux in the Hamshack. LHS is a community-sponsored podcast. The live show is recorded every Monday night at 8pm Central Time, plus or minus QRL. Connect to the live stream at url.bcts.info stroke LHS live. Our website is located at lhspodcast.info You can support the podcast by visiting the LHS Patreon page patreon.com stroke LHS podcast or by using the contribute link on the homepage. Get in touch via social media. We have a presence on Discord, Facebook, IRC, Twitter and YouTube. Our IRC channel is hash LHS podcast 
from the Freeload Network and the Discord invite link is url.bcts.info stroke discord. You can also drop us an email at info at lhspodcast.info or leave us a voice mail at 1-909-LHS-SHOW. That's 1-909-547-7469. Visit the online LHS merchandise store at shop.lhspodcast.info for fun and fashionable show-themed merchandise. Become an ambassador and represent LHS at a local Linux convention or ham fest. Email ambassadors at lhspodcast.info for more information or visit the homepage for details. Until next time, remember to always heed your hedonism. in the Hamshack logo are released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives 4.0 International License.